Welcome to You Can't Kill Me, every Slipknot song one by one. We are Chris Nee and Dave Musson and we're here today to go from the 15th most recent Slipknot song at the time of recording to one of the oldest. Mm, indeed. Our favourite song, Dave. Only one. Yeah. Old. Yeah, very old. Really like, old. Like not even self-titled old, pretty yeah. self-titled old. One of the few that made the cut. Yeah, and we're we're going nothing further back than we've been so far on this show. We've not the self-titled stuff we've done so far doesn't go back quite that distance, nope. although it's very much rooted in early slipknot. What we're doing here is very simple. We are doing every episode, we select one slipknot song, put it under the microscope, pick one each, week by week episode by episode whatever it is we actually put this thing <laughs> yeah. out um this time the choice is mine and i've picked only one the reason for that is that we've mentioned before that the second half of slipknot the album in the eyes of some commentators dips hmm. that's not true though is it Chris? only one is the penultimate song proper and I think it deserves an airing early on in our little run of slipknot songs here because it's another one that I think is generally forgotten by everybody but Slipknot fans. And I really like it. And it has a kind of double benefit of being the song with one of Slipknot's most confrontational, most chantable choruses. Mm-hmm. And also this weird little bridge to Make Feed Kill Repeat, which probably high time we acknowledged the existence of. Yes. Because it's yeah. not really come up so far in what we're talking about. But we will be covering... The songs yep. that are on that album that didn't make it through in some other form, we will be giving them their own episodes. We should point that out. We will. When we say every Slipknot song, we mean every Slipknot song oh, yeah. that we can find. Yeah. I'm sure someone somewhere will be a more hardcore fan and will know things that we don't know. We'll have old recordings and things, but we're going to do what we can um, and then maybe leave it open <laughs> at the end, just in case. So as our first mention of Mate Feed Kill Repeat, Slipknot Demo, album in inverted commas, the band don't acknowledge it as an album as evidenced by the fact that they've put a number in one one of their records but what it has is a previous lineup of Slipknot becoming Slipknot musically fascinating narratively really interesting as well and it has songs and parts of songs that make their way actually relatively deep into the, the the future Slipknot career and a previous lineup yes but one that is at its spine is men who are still in that band today. Yeah, so we're, we're, we're talking then Clown, Joey, Paul, Craig, Craig. although in a different yeah. role. Was he in a, in a different role on I think he played the, guitar on on the demo? Album. I think he was still playing guitar on the demo. Yeah. And that's a, a pretty solid sort of core. And of course, the story is that they already knew Corey and, and, and they were becoming the band that, that we know today. Only One appears as Only One on that demo. Yep. We will come on to why that is only fraction of the story of that version of this song our focus although we're ticking it off make feed kill repeat today our focus is on the slipknot version of this song yes because it's the right one to talk about because it's great yeah it has writing credits for former members of the band so it's kind of interesting from that point of view the credits are for sean paul and joey and also for josh anders donnie however in researching for this podcast, you see that it is more often than not referred to as a Paul Grater. It is basically his song, which is really fascinating because it feels so much like a self-titled Slipknot song. And the style of it comes through Paul Gray. So you see what a huge influence that he was on 
the entirety of the part of the career that he was around for. <laughs> These different versions. So we've got we've actually got three versions to cover as well because yes. there's a Corey Taylor version on Crows as well, which is another kind of would you call it like a rehearsal record demo? Yeah, it almost yeah. It was like, hey Corey, you're in the band now. Let's practice being recorded. But type am, thing. am I right in thinking that Anders was also still around? At that point, there was, yeah, there was definitely some overlap. There's yeah. versions with different singers on, aren't there? It's like a bit of a bridging thing, exactly. And so, for the sake of today, we're talking Corey on self-titled Corey on Crows, yeah, because I think he's that's an interesting bridge between the two other versions and Anders on Makefield Kill Repeat. Yeah, the reason we're focusing on the main version is because, as far as a major label debut goes. This is the version that Slipknot want us to talk about, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's what we're going to do. I think we'll say we're comfortably both of our favourite versions of this song as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, massive shout out to the disco wire guitar in the Mayfield Kill Repeat version and the sort of Faith No More vibes on it. But yeah, so when, if, you, when you're talking definitive version of this song, it's the self-titled version, I reckon. Yeah, definitely. So for clarity, the difference is polish. Yeah. Different vocal, different lyrics. Speed. More samples tempo which is a huge difference because let me tell you that chorus does not work anywhere near as well when it's slower and lyrically as well which we'll touch on a little bit where the lyrics are different and the meanings of the song and that sort of detail but the information about only one is relatively limited out there Mm -hmm. the actual meaning of the song as far as i know is officially unknown and i don't think it needs anything more than that because it's so in your face it's so just a larry metal song yeah i saw one hilarious suggestion that it was a description of their battle with mushroom head yeah there's some basis to that i think i like it as an idea i really like it as an idea do you know the name of mushroom head's record label at the time only one filthy hands right okay which is a prominent lyric in this song so there's rationale to it i prefer to just think of it as they had a song they polished it up a bit they changed the lyrics because they were about Dungeons and Dragons and they kept the very aggro chorus line. I mean, when you've written that chorus line, yeah. you wouldn't throw that away, would you? Exactly. And I don't think it has thematic complexity, even if there is a lyrical base of some feud with Mushroom Head. That line predates that anyway, mm-hmm. because it's on the, the original versions. And the rest of it, I just don't, maybe the band cared. I don't. I don't see it as a Mushroom Head diss track. No. It's just an angry metal song. And actually, it's one of the ones where, you know, you can't spend an hour Googling around and find yeah. Corey talking about the meaning of the song. Because, read the fucking lyrics. Yeah, and making it a Mushroom Head diss track gives far too much credit to Mushroom Head. <laughs> so I, I've always thought this about this rivalry. And I know there was some truth to it at the time. But come on, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Slip- <laughs> what? Slipknot and Mushroom Head? As if we're talking about a real rivalry yeah, here. Yeah. One of the greatest metal bands that ever lived and Mushroomhead. <laughs> yeah. Because they were masked first. It's like how Cough City fans feel about Aston Villa, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit. Something like that. I'm not bothered by that. Maybe there is something in it. Maybe that's where the Filthy Hands lyric came from. Whatever. It's a horrible, spiky, short little burst of vile slipknot anger. And that is what you want when you're 14 tracks deep um, into the the self-titled album when it's supposedly flagging. Yeah, yeah. on its poor second half. So 
I think what's interesting about this song is that it has these previous versions. It's made this way through its development into the final product and then sort of been set aside and forgotten a little bit. It's not a song we find loads of live versions, even though it goes back to the time when they didn't have that many songs and they were producing live albums. And little details like where the intro came from and that kind of thing. The introduction to this song is a sample of Feedback at the End of South of Heaven by Slayer. Right. And you read that and you go, no, it isn't. And then you click on a link that someone's posted to the end of South of Heaven by Slayer and it is totally that. And it's been sampled in turn by the Grimecore band. That's too harsh. They're better than that. Horror. Okay. Who we've seen live. Yes. The infamous HO9909. Yes. Who have a song on, an, I think it's an EP. I don't think it's on their album because it's so distinctive that I'm sure I would have recognised it when I listened to that album. But it has the intro slightly mashed up, slightly kind of glitchy for this song as the intro to one of their songs on an EP. And it's just there, front and centre. That's only one. And I think it has Tatt and Torn on it as well. So it's kind of been through this lineage of Slayer to Slipknot to HO9909. <laughs> yeah. And it's little things like that, I think is actually more interesting than whether it was a mushroom head yeah. rivalry thing. As I said, very short, less than two and a half minutes. The difference on the Slipknot version is that it, it feels complete. Yeah. The verses have been filled out, musically at least. It's a much more exciting song than the older versions because the verses have this Slipknot gallop, the famous Slipknot gallop. And the previous versions just don't have that. They have, I'm, I'm going to attribute a similar thing to the verses on the final version of Purity, where the verses are very, very musically minimalist. Yeah. And I think it works on Purity better than it works on the old versions of this song. And it needs that slip, not stomp. Yeah, because with Purity, you've got that explosion of the chorus, where yeah. this, the biggest thing that the self-titled version gets across, as you say, is that it's that tempo, it's that fire all the way through. And it's just that, energy from start to finish because i do actually think there are some merits to the original version i think i think the sort of funky guitars are a really odd curveball that are pretty interesting and what the original version does give you is a really crushing example of how big those riffs are on that song and some of the riffs have transferred pretty much the same into Mm. into the self-titled version they just played with a sort of ross robinson sugar fueled fury behind them <laughs> yeah. rather than whatever they were doing the first time around but yeah the self-titled version it just as you say tempo fire everything about it. you you don't get a chance to rest on the self-titled version and this song shouldn't allow you to rest and that's why that version is better yeah it doesn't warrant a breather there should be no breather on this song the make feed kill repeat version is very raw and the rapping on the verses sounds it sounds like Clawfinger, <laughs> which i'm not delighted about it does remind me of Claw. When, yeah. when Slipknot rapping is bad, and I'm not letting Taylor off this, it sounds a bit like Clawfinger. Yeah. Which is to say, it's not done right. Mm-hmm. Corey is very good at it when he's very good at it, but I think there are there are elements of particularly this song when you go back and listen to the older versions where you're better off just being a balls out metal band. Yeah. And it works really well on, on the, the self-titled version. There's a, a funny thing that, that happens in that version where... There's a little riff that pops up every now and then, which actually serves as the breather that it's otherwise missing because of the new style. And it slightly dates the song because it's, an, again, it's a thing that I don't think a band of Slipknot's intensity and aggression would do. Now the little sort of, you're going to have to help me out with the musical bit here, but it's almost upbeat. 
little funky little yeah, guitar yeah. riff in the middle of the song yeah. pops up every now and then dates it but I think in a really cool way and it, it makes it so that you can hear that it's a, an early Slipknot song that's not just about slapping you about the face it actually has like a bit of fun and a bit of bounce to it as well and if it were just Larry it would be less good I think and it takes that little step back to then go into the chorus and yeah. before the chorus is on this song there's a little it either stops or it steps into it it just gives you a different route into the chorus each time it comes around and then the chorus is just perfection yeah it's great it's just yeah just as a statement chorus it is right up there in the across their entire back catalogue it's just you know one listen and it is in your head and you can take it to mean whatever you want really but it's so hostile yeah it's just yeah i love it so it's, it's, love it. it's pure fight anthem and you know whether that is the music industry or mushroom head or ex-girlfriend or rival or whatever it is the message is clear and catchy and punchy yeah. and horrible yep what more could you want from a chantable chorus can't think of anything else the message comes across through the, through the rest of the lyrics as well the other bit of the song that is, is kind of viewed as a highlight is the the opening which is this kind of repeated pain made to order which is just weird enough to be really sinister that's your old slipknot right there that's your mask band of fucking oddballs yeah who are gonna fucking kill you the way they look at the world through these lyrics is evidence that they're tapped you don't think about well, where does pain made to order come from mm. sickos yeah right and that's what slipknot were and it's easy to forget it now when you've got this you know huge professional bombastic outfit that's putting out music of the artistic quality of we are not your kind the maturity of that album when this band came out your mum and dad were scared of them i remember getting the self-titled album and looking through the artwork and obviously seeing all the pictures of the masks and stuff but they picked out lines from across the album like worse forwards than backwards and stuff it's it's one of those it's just like what that's a bit it's unsettling and a bit weird and then just all played into the myth of what this band were and this character they were concocting for themselves and this way of as you say terrifying everyone and yeah just unsettling lyrics yeah that as you say are really a real marker of what they did early on in their career and then couple that with such an aggressive hostile song other lyrical highlights for me are i can only die over time and that bit like delivered differently that's not great but the way it drops through the song is really great and as a step into the chorus which has got like a little bit of joey in between death is fine give me mine is peak 1999 slim <laughs> yes absolutely super and then only one of us walks away amazing there's a bit a, sort of towards the end where sid and joey come into the fore as well because it's a very guitar heavy song in this version it becomes very much about the riff and about heaviness and aggression there's a bit of the towards the end of the song where Sid does a an actual rewind. Yep. And then there's this feel from Joey that I just love because when you think of, okay, Joey Jordison, early Slipknot song, drum fill. That's going to be a hundred drums hit in five seconds. Yeah, yeah. That fill is exactly what I think of as a Joey Jordison fill. Like early Slipknot Joey, it's that fill and it's all of the hits on the snare when there shouldn't be that yeah. many. This is slow. Yeah. And it sounds amazing. Yeah, it really it, does. Because it's slightly offbeat, I think. And it fits the song perfectly. And that's where Joey was 
really smart and really understood the band that he'd been a part of since day one is it didn't want all of the snare hits in one go. It was rewind and then some really unsettling, weird drum hits. Yeah. And it works perfectly. Yeah. And there's so much of that going on in this song. And again, it's the kind of feel that were this a song that had come out on the most recent album would be totally different. It'd be, there'd maybe be one or two hits. It'd be about leaving space. Whereas, yeah, like you say, it's a slow fill and yeah, it's rammed full of Mm. pretty much every piece of his kit well he's, he's given the the space to do that but he uses it really well yeah. um and then another little touch is right at the end of the song when we've spoken about sid on stage two-stepping before yeah and if he doesn't ever get the chance again to two-step to the end of this song because <laughs> it's just the chorus again yeah but it's got that little bounce to it that little slip knotty stomp to it just for a few seconds at the end and it turns only one of us walks away into only one of us walks away in a totally different way without actually changing anything. And I think probably for that reason, the the very end of this song is probably my favourite part of it. I'd back you up on that. And it's just, again, it shows in less than two and a half minutes, it just pisses all over the notion that the second half of the self-titled is in any way weaker than the first half. It's just the first half happens to be pretty much all of the singles and the ones mm-hmm. that were bombarded to the world and it's a different vibe in the second half but I mean, show me a bad song and this is this is right up there in terms of the overall ranking of this album i reckon definitely the top half yeah so let's find out so we're, we're scoring on this podcast every slipknot song out of nine because slipknot and where are we at the moment let's have a little recap as a we recap. get a third of the way through the season okay so at this point now Top of the league is All Out Life with a combined score of 15.75 because <laughs> I'm awkward. Then we have Vermilion Part 2. Then we have Snuff. Then jointly we have Heretic Anthem and Kill Pop. Then we have Purity. And then joint worst songs in Slipknot's back catalogue with Devil and I and Everything Ends. Hilarious as yeah. I finish a bit of beer. Yeah. So only one. Only one. I am going for six and a half out of nine, which is the same as I gave to the Heretic Anthem. Reason being, basically, I gave Purity seven and I like Purity more, but I couldn't go any lower. I couldn't justify going lower than Heretic Anthem because I think while they're massively different songs, I like them as much as each other. So there we are. Fair enough. And in the style of the uh, television show Countdown, I'm going to show Dave my uh, my workings. Six and oh, a half. There you go, yeah. Right on the money. Which, if my math is correct, puts it not bottom. Yeah, that makes it 13, which means it is, yeah, not bottom. Just slightly above. It's his second it's worst the, song. It's Slipknot's <laughs> musical coccyx. Yeah, it's yeah, it's Slipknot's second worst song. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah. Right, we will leave it there. We've got more songs, six more to do in this in this season. But that's all for only one. You Can't Kill Me is produced by This Decay and we will see you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>